0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Hello, everybody. It's football time. It is it time. Is. Whoops. Whoops.
0: <laughs> I was trying to catch it right at the very end of that clip, and I
1: actually just hit play.
0: Good times. It worked. We are in mid-season form. Week yeah. one.
1: Yeah, we're rolling. We're ready to go. We don't got time to stop. We got too much to get through. We do,
0: and we are making a commitment to you. This episode will be under sixty minutes. Count it. We're fifty seconds in. So we got it. We got to move. What's our first topic? We're running behind. <laughs> All right. We we just really want to mention. Uh, we're just gonna just dive right in. Sure. Yeah. Um. I guess more of a informational thing because it came out. Yesterday, I believe Monday, that the bus routes for game day pickup and drop off have changed. I think the pickup locations are still still the same, like the w- West Lot at USA, mm-hmm. um, the John Walker Soccer Complex, and then the UMC parking lot. So those are all the same pickup locations from parking. But drop off, instead of it being on the south west side of the stadium outside of gate one. It's going to be on the north side of the stadium outside of gates three and four. So really what's, what's going to, what that's going to do is there's going to be almost zero car traffic on the southwest side of the stadium, which is where basically everybody that's not a student walks up to the stadium.
1: The entire universe gathers northeast of the Fraser. Yeah. Which is
0: still under construction. I was there a couple days ago.
1: Oh yeah. They're doing all that addition. Yeah. They're adding the, that stuff on uh, that upstairs bar area loft mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty cool
0: anyway so it's going to move all that bus traffic away it's going to be a lot more pedestrian friendly i was keith patrick's terms
1: yeah i, I think that will kind of clear things up and it, it may make it a lot uh, cuz i know that the band comes through there mm-hmm. of course they come through both sides uh i think it'll be easier for the fans to see the band come in and and you know the kids can see the band come through i i like it we'll see we'll see how it works out yeah also, from yesterday, Chris Beard had a fireside chat. A couple of special guests. <laughs> have
0: you watched it? Yes, okay. I have. So, special guests that Mike was mentioning, uh, Jim Rome was in town. Fabulous. And then uh, Matt Wells also joined him. And I wanted to touch on a couple of quotes, some moments from the fireside chat. It was almost 10 minutes long. It was really juicy. There were
1: lots of, of bits. Well, it was to basically it. a panel. He had he had two guests this time, which he is, did. you know, really breaking format. So, first, um with all due respect to Mrs.
0: Wells, Chris Beard <laughs> said, you know, when I, when I saw Coach Wells at the press conference, like, yeah, he looks, looks like a football coach. When I saw his wife, I knew he was a recruiter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with, and then that was where he had to throw in the caveat, with, with all due respect. With all due respect to your wife, sir. Yes. Yes, of course. Um,
0: they also had a really interesting discussion on like advice, relationship advice for students. Which then kind of morphed into like, well, it, it went from that to their music pick. Um, I can't remember what Matt Wells said, but it was something his recent. was a Kenny Chesney
1: song. Uh, I don't it, was, I wasn't. it was kind of like a, oh, man, I can't remember what it was, but it was one of those they keep on keep on going kind of <laughs> songs. I can't remember the Kenny Chesney song, but the one f- from Chris Beard was gold. Yes, do, do you want to? Oh my gosh, uh, if Adam, if you're listening, this is our this is our favorite song. Sister Christian, uh, Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Oh, it's about to go up. So I,
0: I've probably heard this song before. Um, you've only been so lucky to have heard this song before, but I, 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 pulled up and I watched the music video, um, played it. I was like, man, this sounds familiar. I was reading through the comments. It was like nothing but eighties nostalgia and it was perfect. <laughs> like, man, the '80s was such a simpler time. I would give 20 years off my life to go back and live the eighties the music. Only... There's no, no worries, no concerns. I was like, oh, I get it, man. I was born in the eighties. I was an eighties baby
1: years ago. I listened to Adam Carolla's show when he had, um, a Loveline? Well, not Loveline, but he had a live show in mm-hmm. L.A. years ago, kind of the first show that you could listen to online, basically podcast it, and for some reason, he was obsessed with this song, and this song got played a lot, and he just thought it was hilarious, and so uh, I've, I've known about this one for a while. It's just killer. So, n- nice pick. Yeah.
0: He also mentioned uh, drinking gotchas. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was was a cover up for for not drinking or talking about drinking in front of his mom. But what they were, it was iced beer. I don't know if it was like the beer was poured over ice, or if like they were just iced down. I'm I would sure. imagine
1: it was poured over ice, kind of like a chalada type thing. And then or chelada, how do you say that? Two little shakes of Tabasco. Gotcha. <laughs> That sounds disgusting. By well he the way, just, all he, that just sounds nasty. And all the the whole payoff was so he could tell his mom, no, 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 we were we were drinking gotchas. We weren't drinking beer. We we're drinking gotchas, mom.
0: Last thing at the Pe- Pepperelli Matador Monday uh, this week, Chris Beard got up and spoke to all the students and said, hey, obviously we need your, your presence at the home games. Matt Wells and the football team need your presence at the home games. And he promised that if the football team goes six and zero at home this year, he will basically rent out. Broadway for a big street party for students. So you said it would be loud. Yeah, I I would imagine so. So it would be a a controlled riot like, (laughs) uh, like it was after the final
1: four. Well, that one was, yeah. After the final four was a controlled one. I,
0: I'm sorry. We have to move on. We're behind. We're almost a minute and a half behind.
1: All right. Let's, let's get into (laughs) football. Do do we have a, do we have an intro for this one? Oh, I'm not ready for it. I'm so sorry.
0: Give me, give me one second. So let's, this is bad.
1: I can preview what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about let's do that. Let's football, of course. But, uh, we're going to mention, you know, kind of some new news on, uh, guys that made, um, went from walk-ons to scholarship guys. We've got our season predictions, you know, for, for tech, just on, on total. Do you think, do we think we'll actually get that block party or not? Um, you know, remains to be seen. And, and then
0: we will preview the Montana State Bobcats.
1: We did. I listened to a Big Sky podcast today. Big you Sky were, Breakdown.
0: You were much more
1: um, committed to that than I was. Well, I had a long drive from DFW, so I'm, I'm good. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time.
0: Delivery. Picked
1: off to Marcus Fields. Down the sideline.
0: Touchdown, Red Raiders, 97 yards. Harrell back to throw, going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson.
1: And oh, he, my. He got
0: it. Touchdown, oh. Red Raiders. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone.
1: And it's a touchdown
0: to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem
1: Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now.
0: So we may have to update that throughout the season. We replace some of these older clips, but I don't know if we can. They're so they're classic.
1: I know they're, they're really hard to let go.
0: Which one do you replace? We'll see. I don't know. They're too good. Um, all right. So first off, wanted to mention um, there were eight walk-on players put on scholarship this week. You have probably seen some of the coverage. Yeah. Um, and goodness, if I had the numbers in front of me, I could tell you exactly who they were. Um, Man,
1: I'm so prepared this week. What in the world? I know. It's almost like you have to be the producer and the podcast host all at the same I time. I mean, if
0: I'd had all these these windows pulled up to begin with. All right. Walk-ons put on scholarship. Tight end, Tyler Carr. Tight end, Connor Killian.
1: Brother of former baseball pitcher, Caleb Killian. Hey, I, I didn't even, I don't think I knew he was on, he was a walk-on.
0: So both Tyler Carr and Connor Killian were fullbacks on last year's roster. Wide receiver, Caden Leggett. Linebacker, Michael Nelson. I've actually never heard of that of his name before. He, he may be new-ish or maybe just, I'm not sure. Inside receiver, Mark Richardson. Same with him. Inside receiver, Dalton Rigdon. He's, I think, is poised to get quite a bit of playing time this season. Running back, Jax Welch. Also included in some of the, the team captains. Defensive lineman, Malik Aselfi. So those are your eight guys that have been put on scholarship. If you haven't seen the video where they announce it to the team on the big screen in the stadium, that's really cool. And they also have a video of some of the guys calling their parents and letting them know. Also pretty cool.
1: Congrats. Congrats, Congrats. guys. That's, that's unbelievable achievement. Yep.
0: All right, let's jump into our predictions. Um, do you want to go game by game or like you want me to go first and you go first?
1: I think we go, let's go game by game, game by game. Yeah. All
0: right. Mo- Montana state. One, two, three, When, when, Oh, come on. Oh, you you really want me
1: to do it at the same time? Same time.
0: Okay. I didn't, it didn't work out. We got it now. Um, I, you'll see this in the, the prediction post that LaBar is putting together. For me, I'm saying while Montana state may be a talented FCS team, they will not be able to challenge depth or talent wise to Texas tech. We've seen much higher rated FCS teams come into Lubbock and leave just absolutely whipped. Um, so I, I think you win this one. I think the lines minus twenty five for Tech. Put me
1: down I, to cover. I don't even know if that was well. When Seth wrote, there wasn't a line. Was or was that a line that Labar came up with? Or had he looked somewhere? I'm sure he found it somewhere. It Either was, way, it was,
0: like I think it was between between twenty one and a half and twenty five. I think it moved to twenty five.
1: Okay. Either way,
0: I don't. It, I actually asked Labar like, "What's the line set at?" I was, and then I was like, "Actually, don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're going to cover." You said win because oh same. Okay. I mean, I I think uh, same. Who was it? Eastern Washington mm-hmm. that we, they were number five. Yeah there there was a, in. there was um, some upset alert watch or whatever. Fifty six to ten. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that that got handled nicely. So I I think it'll it, it may expose some things that we some things that we knew were an issue, some that we didn't. One, our quarterback depth maybe kind of. A little bit rough uh, once we get into the third string because hopefully that's how this will work. That Duffy will get a good amount of playing time, at least a quarter or so. Hey, don't
0: don't spoil the the depth chart. That's coming to play. Today. Oh,
1: you're right, you're right. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think Tech will win.
0: Okay, UTEP, one, two, three, win. win. All right, good. They are one of the worst FBS schools. Montana State may prove to be a tougher game than UTEP.
1: Yes, that's what right. I've been seeing, too. They were last in a lot of statistical categories, I believe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a home game, and just there won't be a contest.
1: It's a night game, too. Isn't that a 6, 6 p.m. kick? I don't know.
0: We'll probably talk a lot more about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, at Arizona, almost surprisingly, I was kind of surprised that we didn't split on this one. One, two, three. Loss. loss. All right. So, yeah, the game against Hawaii, where they ended up losing... Um, one, it, it's, a, it's a surprise that they lost to Hawaii, but having watched highlights and parts of this game, Khalil Tate is going to just carve us up, and I'm scared.
1: They had 21 points in the second quarter. Of course, that was after scoring zero in the first. Yeah. And um, their defense is not very good. It could be a high scoring. <laughs> it could be.
0: Playing on the road I is pay. not going to
1: help. Um, no.
0: And Khalil Tate kind of worries me.
1: Yes, he worries me too.
0: Week four, you're actually off. Yes. You get a bye week, September 21st. Next week at Oklahoma, one, two, three, loss. Loss. Oh, my gosh. You weren't prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Um, this is one of those games on the schedule. I think most everybody has already penciled it as a loss. Um, just the, the skill, position, depth, and talent, whether it's receiver, running back, quarterback. Um, location. Location, the new defensive coordinator, and the, all the talent on their defense. Um, It's going to be a a really monumental challenge for a first-year head coach in game four to go on the road at Oklahoma and steal a win there. You got anything else? Nope. So, one, if you're keeping track of these, we'll we'll probably track these throughout the season too. Oh, sure, yeah. We'll talk about where we were right and wrong and how how silly we may look uh, at the end. Oklahoma State home game. We actually have a split here, so I'm not going to have us go one, two, three, because it's going to be weird. Um, I have it down as a win. I think I'm probably overvaluing your win from last year, maybe. Um, they may they may be a better team than they were last year. They may have severely underperformed last season where you shouldn't have beat them the way you did. But right
1: now, that home game, I like it in your favor. Um, so... I think, they, I think they have a better quarterback this year. Uh, I tend to side with history. I'm bad about this. And with just how things have gone against Oklahoma State at home the past five visits or whatever it's been, I, I don't see it going any differently. So that's, hey, that's where I am right now.
0: One of the highlights from the, the intro music was an Oklahoma State game. It's DeMarcus Field's pick six at 97 yards.
1: Oh. It was that Thursday night game.
0: Or Saturday Night Game from a couple years ago. Yeah, where they lost it, the the red jerseys and the white pants. Yeah, it's a solid throwback jersey. Yeah, Um, we lost the game though. We did. We couldn't stop a quarterback (laughs) run. Shocker. Also, why I'm concerned about Arizona. Different defense, same, same bugaboo. Yep. All right, at Baylor, one, two, three, loss. I think Baylor is a lot better than they have been than they were last year. I think they are continuing on their trend, especially considering Matt Rule's history. Uh, his teams make a pretty significant jump year two to three. Uh, his team made a big, big jump between years one and two. Uh, they went from one winning one game his first year to seven games his second year. At Temple, it was like a one three eight jump or whatever. Baylor, I think, is in that realm that may contend for the third. Or fourth spot in the conference um, behind Texas, Oklahoma, and Iowa State, um, and you're on the road. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I don't think the playing in the stadium for the first time is going to be
1: a big deal. I think it's just more of a r- road versus home. All right, and and there could be a little bit more turnout uh, because it's the first time Tech's been at that stadium. Who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, Baylor fans may not really care about that. I'm I'm not sure. I could see Tech fans traveling pretty well, especially. Um, If uh, if they've just beat Oklahoma State like you think they did, and they're three and two, so Tech fans may travel pretty well from Dallas down to Waco or Austin up to Waco, wherever they live. Yeah, I'm sure there's Tech fans that live in Waco too. I don't know why I'm throwing there's probably a few. throwing that out. Um, I, I do. I, I worry about them a little bit just because. You know, Charlie beat,
0: Brewer, Denzel Mims. Well,
1: the Charlie Brewer, if, if you listen to the Solid Verbals Fantasy Things podcast. I'm working through it. It's okay. He's uh, he's, got a, he's got a little Baker Mayfield in him. Got a, <laughs> that was one of their draft points was that how many times are there's someone going to mention that they've got a little Baker Mayfield in him and you got to raise your register like that. And Charlie Brewer made the list and so did Alan Bowman for <laughs> some reason.
0: British comedy legend, Alan Bowman? <laughs> yeah. So when they defined what having a little a little Baker Mayfield to them meant their definition was perfect. They said five, ten and a half, and a half and kind of a prick. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> that, I think that's, that's it. Baker Mayfield.
1: So, but I don't think that's Alan Bowman. So I'm not, no, I'm, so whoever said that about Bowman, I think they're a little off, but they'd they rattle off like 10 names.
0: I think what they were more going for is more of an undersized court, like not a traditional size quarterback that may have a little move to him. Probably also white. Yeah. Um, and may be a little douchey crotch, grabby crotch, grabby. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Iowa State home game, um, one, two, three Lost. loss. So we think Matt Campbell will continue to own Texas Tech. Your defensive scheme will better match this. You may have a, your best chance of winning this game uh, that you have, but again, I haven't. I don't. I don't have seen enough to project turning this series around after the way it's gone the past few years. You you had a pretty good shot last year before you had those two really big momentum swinging defensive plays, one where uh, I can't remember if it was Broderick Washington. It was it a was defensive tackle that got called for a
1: um, – Yeah, you had some really bad penalties.
0: Roughing the, roughing the passer. He got – he tackled Purdy like as he was throwing the ball and he got called for roughing the passer. Yep. And then Jordan Brooks got ejected for targeting on a really iffy call that I think – David Montgomery initiated contact with his head, and it was like, oh, it, it pissed me off.
1: Right, and Bowman, this was his first game back, I believe, mm-hmm. as after he, his injury. But he wasn't completely healed. Sure, yeah. If he,
0: the next week or week after that, he re-injured himself.
1: Right, and I think they drove him up there because... Because <laughs> he couldn't fly. Yeah, because of uh, pressure issues on a plane. Yeah. That's That's not a good sign. So
0: for those keeping track so far, I've got Tech at three and four. Michael... Two and five.
1: Unfortunately, that in the midst of a five, a game five game losing streak <laughs> right yeah, there, in the which will be of the, the fourth time that would that will have happened since 2011. All right, hopefully that doesn't actually happen. But hey, this is y'all asked me to predict a game in October. Yeah. I mean August, and here we are. So
0: our next three games we have are the same at Kansas. When, when? Um, there was actually a question on the on the on second the plains today is like somebody mentioned Kansas may have an opportunity to upset Texas Tech this year. And I said, I can I can see where they're coming from. Because in, in your scenario, like the way I, I pointed out actually came to came through your prediction that in the midst of a five game losing streak going up to Lawrence, you may be on the really bad end of some negative momentum. True. Um, where Kansas may be able to sneak one out. Um, they're still awful like it would still be an upset even if you were losing five games in a row Uh, I don't think Les Miles will have his his team pulled together to be doing those kind of conference upsets yet I'm I'm not even sure his his system will work out in Kansas I don't think they win but two or three games this year maybe
1: yeah that's 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 kind of where I think this year is just going to be more of the same um with the chance of that getting better over the next couple of years. But it's a slim chance. They've got a lot of work to do.
0: Speaking of having a lot of work to do, Next, the week after this, West Virginia, they lost a lot of guys, um, which I think is how we both kind of came to this. Plus, with a new coach, one, two, three, when? when we think on the road at West Virginia, you have know, got a pretty good shot at taking down the Mountaineers, um, new quarterback. Lots of new skill positions. Defense has a lot turning over. Um, Troy Brown, his first year. Yeah, you're on the road, but I think you have a lot more returning talent than they do. Yes, you catch them in game nine of the season, so Mm -hmm. like, first-year players will not be first-year players at this point in the season, but you'll
1: have as much experience as those guys anyways. You've played pretty well in Morgantown despite not – I think there. the last, the <laughs> but you've played, you've played pretty well there. Your
0: last road trip up there was probably your worst trip, where you just you gave up the twenty-two unanswered or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. The other, the or other twenty-two two times, in the fourth. It was twenty-two yeah. in the fourth quarter. The other, other two times you played really, played really well. Um, you won one. I think you lost the other one, but it was close. I
1: don't remember the series. No, I don't remember it for sure either. But it was. I, I think, uh, what was that guy's Trinket? Cl- Clint, Clint Trinket. Clint. <laughs> I, I said the end. If anybody's listening, Clint Trickett. Uh, yeah, I, I remember one of those games. I think, I think we might have lost one of those. Oh uh, yeah, we did.
0: Um, and then you return home to host TCU one two three when Ooh. I think one they did announce a starting quarterback. Uh, I can't remember if it's Alex Hogan or not. Alex Hogan. That, that's a Tech player. Delton or the other guy. Either way, I, they don't. They have like 18 quarterbacks, uh, and I don't think they even have like a really good starter. They've got some some solid skill guys around him. Oh, it's the K State transfer, Alex yeah. Delton. Alex Delton. Um, he Delton didn't even didn't win the the starting job at Kansas State. I'm not really super concerned about Delton at TCU. Besides being a semi mobile quarterback, which you've had struggles with, but. You were able to contain John Robinson last year. You didn't contain him the year before. So, either way, you have historically played TCU really well at home, with the exception of two years ago when. Oh yeah, was just a ugly game. Um, the following week you're still at home. Week before Thanksgiving, you're hosting Kansas State. We split here. I say you get a win. Um. So Chris Kleeman coming in from South Dakota State, I believe, or North Dakota State. North yeah. Dakota State. It's first-year coach. I think um, Bill Snyder left the cupboard fairly bare. and I think there's going to be a kind of a rough rebuilding year. We've also never seen anybody except Bill Snyder have success there, so it's kind of hard to think some new guy's going to do it in his first year. Mm-hmm. He may have long-term success. I just don't think it's going to happen in year one. Rebuilding the roster to fit Cleman's
1: system and on the road. I kind of think the opposite. Not necessarily that it would happen early, but I can see Kleeman gaining momentum as the season goes. That's where where I'm coming from here. Sure, because this is game 11. Yeah, this is game 11. Uh, These guys are probably going to come in, I don't know, four and seven, three, three and however (laughs) however you do that. Is it three and eight? It would be three and seven or four and six. Okay, yeah, because you've got 10 games. All right, so that's kind of where I'm thinking. They're going to come in with three or four wins, they're really going to want this and they may be starting to gel a little bit. He may have fixed or figured out his roster a little bit better. Uh, Guys may be hopefully, you know, I mean, if I don't want anybody to be injured or anything like that, but uh, you know, if if guys are healthy that have stayed healthy this whole time, he's got his lineups figured out. I just can kind of see this being one of those games that I actually really had a toss up. I, I felt better about TCU versus Kansas state us winning uh, the TCU game, but Kansas State just worries me more because i I think that we could beat TCU and if in my scenario we'd be you know we'd have three wins in a row and then Kansas State comes in maybe three or four win Kansas State and we think oh, okay we, we can take care of business here, but Cleman's got his guys rolling so I, I don't know I, I can just kind of see them catching momentum a little bit late and possibly taking advantage of it.
0: So at this point in the season going into game twelve, I have you at seven and four. Michael has you at five and six going into Austin. Unfortunately, we both agree on this one. One, two, three, loss. Lost. Um, we think the Texas team is going to be really talented. Herman's still building and developing this team. Um, I just think the talent disparity being on the road. It's gonna be so it's the Friday after Thanksgiving, and the Fox Primetime time slot of eleven a.m. on Black Friday. <laughs> on Black Friday, nobody's gonna be at home to watch this game. They're gonna be out getting deals, man. Yeah, they're not gonna be home shopping from
1: shopping yet. They're gonna be at Circuit City and um, Radio Shack. <laughs> yep, just getting those computers, breaking down the door, getting some DVD players. Yeah, the DVD VCR combo. Oh yeah, that's where you knew where you you had it made. Um.
0: So yeah, I I think you end the game on a loss there, but you do finish season seven and five. And this projection, I do have several top sets. I don't know enough about the other teams in the conference to feel super confident in this, but I actually do have you at a greater than five hundred conference record. I have you at five and four, right? Which would be the first time you've done that since two thousand nine. I yes. have had a winning record in conference. Conference wins against Oklahoma State, Kansas, West Virginia,
1: TCU, Kansas State. Saying it like that, I, I feel pretty confident. Um, Unfortunately, even with your more optimistic record, there will be no Chris Beard block party.
0: Nope, nope. With that loss hosting Iowa State, that would
1: uh, nullify his, his offer. Yeah. And I, I honestly I'm I'm not trying to be pessimistic, guys. I just I'm trying to be a little bit realistic and try not to put too many expectations on Wells because I see so much of this stuff where all right, Spencer, let's let's say, okay, you you predicted 7 and 5, but if it was 6-6, six, six, would you be disappointed or no. feel like it was a bad season?
0: No. If they go 5 and 7, I'd be a little more disappointed. Right. Anything worse than 5 and 7 like, "Well,
1: I was
0: completely off base here." Well,
1: <laughs> up until about 3 weeks ago, I could only talk myself into 4 wins. So I feel like I've actually I've gone up to a little more optimistic. So I've I've talked myself into 5 and I feel like that's reasonable and that's attainable anything beyond that is going to be pretty darn great. And, uh, I, you know, we may have to revisit this after the Montana state game or after, maybe after the, during the bye week maybe we revisit this yeah. and just kind of see if we would like to change some of our, some of our list Cause we'll obviously, we'll seen three games. We've we'll seen one against a power five opponent on the road, mm-hmm. uh, who put up 45, no, 38 points in, in Hawaii recently. So, mm-hmm. It's um it's subject to change but I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. Just that's that's kind of where I see it. So I think when I filled out Rob Rose's
0: season prediction spreadsheet I guess I was drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> and I had us down for 9 and 3 oh. cuz I was oh. I was a lot more confident in, in beating Baylor oh. and Arizona um so I mean, I'm I'm trying to be a lot more realistic or, or realigning myself with the professionals that know what they're talking about when they say we're setting the, the over under for Texas Tech wins at six and a half. Like, all right, so I'm gonna take the over at seven, mm-hmm. um, not at nine but not at nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so as we get ready to start look at game one this weekend, there was an official depth chart released. We're gonna go through this pretty quickly, Michael. You said you have, may have looked at this for a second. We're just,
1: just briefly, my my I was with um, my wife and daughter at Great Wolf Lodge this weekend, which nice. was a, which was a blast. And I just got in town today, so I didn't get to see this uh, depth chart.
0: So I'm gonna go with your starters. We're gonna start with the offensive line: left tackle Terrence Steele. He hasn't historically been at left tackle. Left guard Madison Akamnanu. Center Dawson Deaton right guard, Jack Anderson, right tackle, Travis bruffy. Any questions? That seems good. I'm excited I, about the depth there
1: was, was steel injury injured at some point or am I making that? I think that he up? was
0: limited. I don't know if it was through the spring or early part of, of the fall. Okay. But he's listed as a starter and not even with an or. Yeah. It's just because there, there are steel. a lot of ORs on this depth chart. There's not one listed for steel. Gotcha. Okay. His backup would be Zach Adams. Um, They've got three guys listed for center. So they've got a a second string Will Ferrar or Bailey Smith at center. Uh, That's the only or across the offensive line. Right. Quarterback starter Alan Bowman. Not really a surprise. Backup, though, Jet Duffy or Jackson Tyner. The transfer from Rice. Be interesting. Um, Depth for running back. There aren't any ores. Although, if you listen to um, Matt Wells' press conference, he said. They will basically go series by series. Uh, your starter will be T- T- John Henry. Second string guy will come in on the second series, Armand Shine. Then Sir Roderick Thompson. After that, the, he said basically they're going to ride the hot hand. Um, tight end, Dante Thompson. Then Travis Kuntz. X receiver, so out wide to the left. You've got EZ, Eric Azucanma. Um One of the things he, Wells noted in his press conference was Eric... Had the most reps at outside receiver since he's been here. He said he was durable and he's had the most opportunity. So he's played the most snaps, most had the most chances yeah. to prove his starting worth. Okay. I'm excited to see him start. Um, backed up by RJ Turner, the transfer, or Caden Leggett. Uh, why? So your inside receiver, not your tight end starter well it's actually or written across all three of these guys yeah i bet these says, guys
1: will be rotating in and out maybe mm-hmm. multiple times in a series i don't know
0: well so one of the guys on Signing the planes will aka ftw says david Yost's um his history suggests that he just he rolls with one offense for a series he doesn't sub out mid drive okay. Um, but this may roll the same way, like it may be a game time decision, or it may be very similar to the running backs. One guy will have a series, plays really well, and they keep him in. And the next guy will have the next series, and the, they'll, they'll do all three, and then kind of evaluate hot hand. Okay. Um. Sorry, you never said who they were. I kept interrupting. No, you. you're right. Dalton Rigdon, McLean Mannix, a transfer from Nevada, and walk on Xavier White. Transferred in from Dodge City Community College, but he's from Lubbock. And then the Z receiver far out to the right, TJ Vasher or Keyshawn Carter.
1: That's just so interesting to me still to see. Six six TJ Vasher. Backed up by five eleven. Five eleven Keyshawn Carter. Uh but I'm I'm excited to see Carter on the outside and, and see what he can do because that that kid can move. Yep. If he gets the ball in his hands, look out.
0: So you you really could go with a lot of speed with your receivers with um, azukanma, any of the inside receivers, and Keyshawn Carter. Yeah. Uh, you got three really fast guys throwing a tight end and running back. It just got mismatches across the field. I like it. All right, defense. Um, remember, you'll have three defensive linemen. The way they're listed here is defensive end, nose, tackle. Um, So your defensive end's. I don't know how to like describe this out like having a picture or just going through um, They'll the lineup basically in front of the tackles, the offensive tackles. Yeah, um, they're
1: basically defensive tackles. Right.
0: Yeah, so yeah, the bigger of the two is going to be designated by being the, the defensive tackle. So you've got the defensive end, gonna be the smaller guy. Um, behind him is gonna be the linebacker safety hybrid, the spur. Okay. And then behind the tackle is gonna be the defensive end linebacker. Hybrid, the Raider. Raider. Okay. Okay. So on the end side, Eli Howard, not a surprise there. Nelson M. or Tony Bradford, which is, I guess, the surprise that you got a true freshman competing for a backup spot here. No kidding. On the defensive line. Um, He's listed at 6'1, 270. So he's put on a lot of weight. That's something that Wells mentioned as well as how he's been able to, to break into that. Your nose guard, nose tackle, Nick McCann. Six two three ten, backed up by Jalen Hutchings six two ninety five, and then your defensive tackle, opposite of Eli Howard Broderick Washington, six three three zero five. That's like.
1: a that's a that's a man.
0: I like that as kind of like a, a like a a bigger defensive end size. Yeah, three hundred pounds. I can tell you that's kind of big. And Eli, good luck running that way. Eli Howard is not not a small dude either. He's six four two seventy five. Um, Raider, I think this is one of the positions we were a little surprised with because another freshman going into this until this was released. We were thinking, uh, the guy starting out here or competing would be Xavier Benson, um, backed up by Tyreek Matthews, but Tyreek Matthews is listed as a starter as a co-starter or, or with Rico Jeffers behind him. So you're Raider, your rush end Tyreek Matthews, true freshman. Let's a starter here backed up by, Rico Jeffers, your inside linebackers, Jordan Brooks starter with Rico Jeffers at the other spot. So if there's a sub package where they take out an inside linebacker, move Jeffers over, um, that could be where he ends up. Xavier Benson ends up backing up Rico Jeffers. So he's not the Raider position. He's more of an inside linebacker. Um, And then Spur, not really surprised here. Evan Rambo will be your starter. Mm -hmm. The transfer from Cal, backed up by Adam Beck. He's a sophomore that... I haven't really heard from a whole lot. So the other guy, I think we're thinking that was going to back him was Quincy Addison. He's not listed. Um, there starting quarterback transfer, Zach McPherson from Penn state on one side backed up by John Davis, other cornerback, Desmond Smith or DeMarcus fields. I would have preferred if it was flipped. Yeah. <laughs> if DeMarcus field was listed as a starter with Desmond, Desmond Smith backing him up. Um, Fields has a ton of starts. Um, third on the defense with 23 career starts entering the season. So he's, he started basically every game of his career. Until this year. Until this year. That's interesting. Your safeties, Douglas Coleman and Adrian Fry. Um, backing up, Adrian Fry, that last-minute transfer, Jamarcus Ingram, is listed there as a backup. Oh, so. the
1: guy that came from Utah State. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And then your specialist. Even uh, even at, like recently they said the competition for long snapper and kicker is going to be game time decision. But expect your, your your punter. I think is one of the only ones that's been listed as a starter. Austin McNamara. Your I guess your holder Mark Richardson.
1: Um, you got your kickoff specialist to
0: Trey Wolf. Uh, your kick returner. Keyshawn Carter, Douglas Coleman, or Daydrian Taylor. So Daydrian Taylor is a defensive back but played running back in high school. Punt returner, Adrian Fry, Zach McPherson, or Chucks Nwabagoo.
1: There are a lot of freshmen listed in this group. And lots of oars, either. Yes. Like I said,
0: long snapper, place kicker, kick returner, punt returner, all have not been decided as, as of Ikes. Monday. Okay. Um, speaking of the Monday press conference, I wanted to Touch on a couple things one well said the o-line plays like a fist i thought that was a really interesting analogy talk about the five guys the five fingers and a fist because um, i think john sokoloff from the raymar television side asked about the left side of the offensive line and well kind of joked like you know we play with three other guys too right <laughs> um but he was talking about if they all, if they don't play together like a fist you know if one is off then they're all off you know if, if you look at the left side and they do well but like the right tackle lets somebody pass them it's going to be an offensive line issue, not a right tackle issue. Okay. okay. So I thought it was interesting. He can, he compared it to a fist.
1: Yeah. I, I don't, I'm sure that comparison has been made, but I haven't heard it. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm.
0: And he also said, Travis, Bruffy will be the governor of Texas someday. <laughs> so I wasn't able to finish all of Bruffy's uh, appearance on at the podium, but well said he will probably solicit some of your votes for his, <laughs> his campaign during his press conference. <laughs> all right. All right, let's let's talk about some Montana State just for a couple minutes. What do you say? Sure, yeah, man. So because it's an FCS opponent, and I'm not even sure where to begin. This is typically where our preview interview would go with the opponent. I think we're still going to try to do that this year. Mm-hmm. So imagine I play an interview for you right now, and we talk about the opponent. Michael and I going to fill in for this. We've got some try uh, to.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, we got some notes. It's a team. Jeff Choate, he's there. It's his third year. Uh, they've kind of just they started off let's see they're 17 and 18 right now they won their first playoff game last year yeah they they went since, since uh, 2014 round. i believe was their mm-hmm. first win or no 2012 was the last time they won they went to the playoffs uh, back in 2014 and this is the first time they got back so they they're they're coming off an 8 and 5 season they beat um eric morris's incarnate word
0: in the first round in yep. the
1: first round and then lost to the eventual national championship the aforementioned north dakota, north dakota State. And uh, so they're part of the Big Sky Conference. You know, the with uh, Choate's last three years, they f- finished ninth, third, and fourth. They uh, are getting a lot of preseason love. FCS poll, coaches poll.
0: They're number 14 in the poll. Well, they're. Start the season.
1: I think that's a different poll. They're 15th in the coaches poll, if that makes any difference. Uh, but, I mean, you've got a lot of good. Uh, you know, offensive stats here, they're, they're pretty even on, um, I think they allowed, what was it that said? It, it ex- so
0: they, they scored and allowed exactly 28 and a half points per game.
1: Yeah. So that good. That's going to be a lot of, <laughs> a lot of close games, I guess. <laughs> I, I think the only, only, game, the that
0: that? only game that wasn't close is when they lost to North Dakota state and it was like 56, 10 or something. Okay. That number's stuck in my head. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, Their offense and defensive numbers uh, are pretty even in terms of yards per game, points per game. Um, How the offense moves the ball, though, very one-sided. They're a very rush-heavy team. Last year, they had over 3,000 rushing yards to just 1,800 passing yards. Um, About 370 per game, 140 passing to 230 rushing. They turned the ball over 25 times this season, which is kind of high. Um, and the, one of the stats that kind of stood out to me is kind of surprising. They only converted 34% of their third downs. They were 58 of 172. Wow. So, uh, looking at some of the offensive starter guys, you should be aware of. They named red shirt freshman Casey Bauman, their starting quarterback. He's listed anywhere between six, six and six, seven, uh, about 235 pounds. Seth pointed out, um, Per Bauman's bio, this is listed, that he worked construction and bucking hay during summers.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a Montana thing to do. Yeah. Uh,
0: backup would be Tucker Rovig. I think he was really – he was considered like a front runner for the starting job from the articles I read all through the spring. Probably going to be your backup. Also not a small dude, 6'5". Um, your starting quarterback from last year was actually – a converted running back and they have since moved this running back to linebacker. Jeff Choate said that he believes linebacker is Troy Anderson's natural position. But listen to some of the stats that, um, that Anderson put up. He had 1200 passing yards. like he wasn't a terrible passer, 55% completion, only three touchdowns and seven interceptions had more than 1400 rushing yards for almost seven yards a carry. Good gosh. 21 rushing touchdowns. So he was, he himself was responsible for 24
1: touchdowns. He, he's a, a 6'4", 235 is a large running back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to point out something else. I, I listened to the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, which had Monday's press conference with Coach Choate. And uh, he, he had a couple of, of interesting tidbits thrown in there. One of which, speaking of position changes, I just wanted to point out two things. There's um, Nolan Askelson. Which is a linebacker for Montana State. He actually played quarterback in high school.
0: So, sounds very much like a like a Gary Patterson type move.
1: Yeah. Well, they've got they, and there's another guy. There's a guy, a Williams, defensive lineman, six two two thirty five. He's a junior. Also played quarterback in high school. So Choate's obviously able to find some guys. And uh, use them wherever they need to be used. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think this may be kind of common to what you see in FCS. Uh, you know, I was, I was having to scroll through their roster just because I was interested. In, I and mean, a lot of these guys are majoring in um, mechanical engineering, chemical engineering, biological engineering. I don't even know what that is. In Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, I mean, and they're they're le- legit student athletes, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's why you've got a guy that played quarterback who's now. A defensive lineman uh, coming into Lubbock playing a a power five team and one one other little tidbit I wanted to mention before we can get back to actual players Choate spent a lot of his time at the beginning of the press press conference kind of illustrating the difference between Texas Tech and Montana State and you know that our stadium holds 40 something thousand more fans than theirs and we have 22 more scholarship players than they do and all that stuff. But the, one of the most interesting things he said is just to show you the kind of budget that they op- operate with. I, th- I think they that Tech operates with a $70 million budget. And he said, just just to point that out, my base salary uh, as head coach here is 40000 less than their lowest paid assistant coach. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just kind of t- – <laughs> Basically, telling everyone, all right, th- this is what we're up against. Uh, we understand what it is. It's basically a preseason game for us, and they're going to rotate a lot of guys in. So I expect that you would see Bowman in, or Bowman in, and uh Rovig. It's not going to be confusing at all. Bowman yeah. versus Bowman. QB Bowman versus QB Bowman. And I think Rovig will come in. I. I think he's going to rotate a lot of guys in to get him some playing time.
0: And Wells said as much. He said that they they're preparing to face four Montana State quarterbacks because you could see Bauman, you could see Rovig, you could see Anderson, and you could see like a Wildcat, a running back, kind of
1: move over there. You could see that defensive lineman. You know, they just yeah. want to put him back there for a couple. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: And then, sorry, one more thing on the the starters on the offensive side: running back Isaiah Afonso, five ten, one ninety five. He set the rushing. Freshman rushing record for Montana State last year. Just over a 1,000 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, nearly five and a half yards per carry. So between between Ifonce and Anderson last year, just I want to read some of these numbers to you because it's just ridiculous. Um, those two combined for 402 of the team's 531 rushing attempts. So 76% of the time that Montana State ran the ball, it was to one of those two guys. Um, they combined for 2,400... Of the 3,000 rushing yards. So Ooh. 81% of the rushing yards came from those two guys. Ooh. Um, over on the defensive side, we've already kind of mentioned, they they also, they gave up as many points, they scored 21 and a half points per game. Gave up about 400 yards, uh, 213 through the air, 195 on the ground. Um, and a couple other things that I, I found were a little interesting. Only tallied 24 sacks in the season, so about two per game. Um, that's not, they're not providing a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Um, this other number like really jumped out at me. They forced 28 fumbles last season. Now, they only recovered 11 of them, but yeah. the recovering part is more of the, the luck than forcing of them. Um, forcing 28 fumbles is just stupid good. Yes. And they, they intercepted 12 passes, which I think is about what you intercepted last year too. So their defense is good at turning the ball over. Um, they may not... Be recovering all the fumbles. Obviously, you never do, but forcing 28 fumbles and then intercepting the ball 12 times, that's a lot of turnovers forced. Um, one last thing before we move on, before we wrap up the show since we're we're kind of moving along. We, I don't know if we have a, a score prediction. I think we said from Labar's, excuse me, his prediction post is putting together, I think the line is like 20, 20 five. minus 25 for Tech. Yeah. And I, am I'm, I'm predicting Tech to cover that. Um, I am as well. Okay, so it,
1: it's going to be a four touchdown game at least.
0: Give me 28 points
1: and I'll be fine. Sure, sure. That that's kind of what I'm. <laughs> that that's where I'm looking at it. All right. Um, if you don't get if you don't get enough of us
0: already, uh, we will be as a reminder joining countdown and kickoff pregame show on Talk 1340 The Fan. Rob bro and Carson Robinson Um, show will begin three hours before kickoff. So we will go on the air right after noon on Saturday and then go for two hours right up until two o'clock. Michael and I will hit the road, head up to the stadium, watch the game, uh, catch some post game press conference video, and then do our post game reaction location TBD.
1: Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're figuring out our technical out. stuff there. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Follow Rob Bro Show, uh, mm-hmm. R-O-B-B-R-E-A-U-X. He's Cajun. He's Cajun. So uh, f- follow that. And uh, Carson Robinson is at K-A-R-O-B underscore radio. Also follow Talk 1340 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as our handles, go ahead and follow my new handle. I changed you it. finally did it. From random letters and numbers, L S R Or I don't know, 07, whatever it was before. (laughs) Now it is Michael underscore LBK. So hopefully that's easy to remember. Spencer, of course, is punts suck. He feels very strongly about this. They always have and they always will. And uh, you can follow the podcast. Please follow us at 23Personnel. And to jump into that, we have some questions that have been submitted to the at 23Personnel Twitter account that we're going to start rolling into. Yeah, we do. Now,
0: are these really the questions that I was called here to answer?
1: Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy?
0: Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, let's get to your questions this week. Got a few more than we have in the previous few weeks. Appreciate everybody interacting. Yep. Let's roll it back. Um, well, j- just, okay. There are several. Let, let's go all the way back to the beginning.
1: Always picks up a little bit uh, football season. Oh,
0: and we love it. Okay, so Kyle Jacobson first. How jealous was Keith Patrick of my tie today? One, I thought it was interesting that he wanted to bring in somebody else on this. <laughs> um, so I responded, like, first, we're going we're to need to see a picture of the tie. Second, like, we may have to, to phone in Keith Patrick to, to weigh in. So, Kyle did send us a picture. If you go and look at our mentions, it is a light blue background tie with, are those roses? I'm not sure, but. It's a floral print. It's a floral print. I can. Red, purple, and blue flowers. I
1: can guarantee, if you're listening to this, uh, your grandmother at some point had either a decorative pillow or a couch. Oh, yes. Absolutely. With this pattern. And I I respect that.
0: Probably wrapped in plastic.
1: This is probably recycled from one of those mm. couches wrapped in plastic because it was kept so pristine mm-hmm. that they were able to just take those couch cushions and convert them into ties. Probably some, maybe maybe an, the occasional sports coat <laughs> or the in, inside lining of a of a nice sports coat. Uh, I, I I would I would see that on the street and think, wow, that's a fashion forward individual.
0: So Kyle sends a picture of the uh, the tie he said he paired it with a navy suit yeah that's pretty nice um i'm sure he would have been looking a lot like marty smith uh if you were catching the solid verbal really really fashionable dude keith patrick weighed in though he responded the voice of the tigers envies no man
1: yes in case y'all didn't know friend of the show a contributor to Taking the planes founder and host host of-, of dinger derby podcast Keith Patrick is the voice of Friendship Tigers football this year, so catch him on Friday night, I believe. Friday nights, starting his first game as the voice
0: the that you'll main hear. Main play-by-play guy. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I don't really follow Friendship football. I may because because of
1: Keith. I'm sure I'll tune in a little bit just because I've got to hear I've got to hear the dulcet tones of, yeah. of Keith Patrick.
0: Kyle had like 18 other questions. What do y'all think about the matchup with Arizona after they lost to Hawaii? I'm still concerned about Khalil Tate. Very, very it, concerned. It looked like despite the 2018 struggles with Kevin Sumlin not knowing how to use Tate, may have figured it out, unfortunately, which is kind of strange because he's had running quarterbacks before. Um, Kyle goes on to say, it's hard to learn anything from playing an FCS team, but what could we realistic learn, realistically learn about this team Saturday? I think most importantly, depth and where yeah. some of those guys are at. Um, Wells mentioned he will typically play four wide receivers. Out, most outside receivers, X and Z, he'll play four guys. Early season, we may be playing six
1: guys. Well, we may learn some situational things. Mm-hmm. I know that you've broken down the defense very thoroughly, which check that out on Stake in the Plains. Spencer's done a good job on that. Uh, but I think we'll probably learn a few more things, some little wrinkles on the defensive side that – Uh, we may not have been expecting. Offense will learn really how fast Yost wants to keep that tempo. And I also want to learn how our kicking game is going to turn out.
0: So speaking of tempo, Bruffy mentioned this in his, um, his segment of the Monday press conference. He said, we've always gone fast in Texas Tech but this is going to be a different fast.
1: And that's what Choate said in his press conference too. He said the same thing. Uh, he said, you know, these guys are used to playing up-tempo, but I've, he, he knew Wells and he knew Yost and he knew as much about Texas Tech as a lot of people. Yeah. And he was saying that these that will be the biggest adjustment for this offense. So I, I think he sees the same thing. All right, last question from Kyle. Chick-fil-A or Popeyes?
0: So if you haven't been following, Popeyes released a chicken sandwich Recently,
1: I don't understand. The, uh, okay. Here's so I, I
0: I sat in line to pick one up
1: Friday. Yeah. The line was long today too. I went to Cane's before I came home and the line was to the road.
0: Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't that long. It seemed like more of a process issue getting people through fast enough.
1: Yeah. Um, that's how, that's how Papa's works. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Chick-fil-A when it no, comes it's to not that fast. Um, it,
0: it was, it was Okay. So I I got I really the spicy liked, version of it. I got the spicy chicken sandwich. It's it was almost too spicy. No, it was it was just like meh. It was just it's it a was spicy a chicken sandwich. Sauce.
1: Yeah, it was it was anything special. I, I would I not wait in line to do that again. I I, it, I don't know why this is all of a sudden coming up because about two months ago the sandwich came out. I had it two months ago or longer, and I really enjoyed it and I thought it was good. And then about a month later, my wife had it and she thought it was good too. But I mean, it's not worth sitting in their drive-thru for it. So I I wonder if all
0: that extra traffic was, was like social-based. It that, was. That question that came up late last week was like, Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? Like, I didn't even know Popeye's had a chick fil I, I knew they sandwich. did. They've had it for and like w- three
1: months here, and, and no one else knew about it. And I don't know if this was, if Lubbock was the test. <laughs> were, we the, were we the test kitchen? I, I have no idea. But, man, I had that sandwich like three months ago, and I thought it was pretty good, and I'll have it again. But, man, it didn't, it didn't need to set the media on fire. I just think, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I I thought it was okay
0: right now. Give me Chick-fil-A. I like their, their deluxe chicken sandwich. We can put like bacon and cheese on it. Those are actually really good. That's just getting crazy. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Tristan Mack, uh, within the sporting media, a lot of people were thinking tech's trip to Arizona would end up being an L with Arizona's journey to the Pacific resulting in a loss to a group of five. That is not picked to win the mountain West. Does that give fans a more confident reason to believe Texas tech will be three and O in non-conference? So I, we touched on a lot. I I may be a little more confident, but it's still like you're going to have to prove me wrong yeah. on your your ability to stop a rushing quarterback. De- their defense doesn't look like they were all that good, giving up 42 points to Hawaii. I, get, I don't know how good Hawaii is. I'm not sure how much you can take from a week zero game against Hawaii because I know teams are incentivized to schedule Hawaii because of the travel involved.
1: Yeah. But – well, just I mean, just just to think about it, last year when you went up against a a, a mobile quarterback at home against Houston, you still you won the game, Derek but you King. allowed yep. forty nine points. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure that Khalil Tate wouldn't be able to, you know, reproduce something along those lines because at just, home too. Yeah, just just real quickly, I mean, Derek King, he had five touchdowns. He threw, th- you know, he went thirty for fifty one. And he ran for forty seven yards. I mean, I, you, you needed Al, Alan Bowman to set the
0: freshman passing record to beat. He, no, sorry, you didn't need that to beat them because you beat them by twenty one points. Right, well, you beat them by fourteen, but Houston scored a, a garbage time touchdown. You were essentially
1: up twenty one. Well, he, Yeah, well, Houston jumped out. They had twenty one in the first quarter. I mean, I. But. I, yeah. I, I'm just not super confident either. It's kind of the um, let's let's see let's see them prove me wrong at yeah, this point.
0: That's where I'm at. Chad Hasty, will Queso be involved? Now I'm going to blame this on you, Chad. Yes, queso was involved tonight. I actually had Uber Eats deliver queso before the show. Yeah, we had a pre-game uh, snack.
1: We're we're going to have to learn, we're going to have to learn uh, Rob Rose's mantra of no free ads, but these are from Caprock Cafe and they're delicious. We we may have to take up like, I don't know if it was Chad's
0: advice to do what Hyatt does and just like go to a restaurant and say, "Hey, can we record oh, here? Can you yeah. give us drinks and a an appetizer and we'll will, will pimp you throughout the show. Yeah.
1: Give us well, give us I, some um, really nice waters. My <laughs> first ask would be to Caprock. <laughs> yeah, that'd be mine too.
0: Shocker. <laughs> Rob Bro chimes in with the question. How excited are you to be joining Rob Bro for Countdown to Kickoff this season?
1: Pretty excited, Rob. No, I can't wait, man. Um, I
0: mean, really, it's, um, it's we, we be a We met with them last Thursday to kind of set up the format of the show. I don't know why it was exciting to like walk through like the segments and the breaks, like like the logistics of when there'll be a break. I don't know that. that How me, radio works. I got me excited.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it too. It's it's live. People are going to be listening. They're going to be tailgating. Maybe. They're going to be, you know, just hanging around the house, got the radio on. So, hey, so it's going to be fun.
0: When we do go on the air, be sure to text in, uh, call us, make sure we have content to talk about. So we're not just sitting there, four guys just BSing for two hours, <laughs> which we know the two of us can fill two hours, but four of us. Um, it could just be a disaster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll be great. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. Because it'll Rob's, be great either way. They're, Rob's a, a professional. Yeah, there. they're professionals. We will. Um, well, so, so we'll Carson. try to fill in I, the spackle. I, I always
0: talk about Rob being the professional. Carson's a professional. Yeah. I also haven't met. I haven't met Carson
1: yet. Tucker Lawrence is a professional. Yeah. He's their producer. Does a great job.
0: The first time meeting Carson is going to be like 20 minutes before we come here on yeah. Saturday. So it's going to be like, Hey man, what's up? Let's, let's 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 develop a relationship and let's go talk on let's, the radio.
1: Let's do a show together. It's going to be great.
0: Um so yeah, we're excited. We're excited to do that. So Cooper Burnett one, I think we go eight and four. Slip ups against Iowa State, Oklahoma, UT, and Baylor. So he thinks you take my schedule seven and five, but you flip Arizona. Okay. Um Okay. I, I th- can see
1: the logic there. I, I think
0: eight and four is is, is doable. Just but eight here's four the thing.
1: on just when someone says In eight and principle, four.
0: I know it's like it's hard to, to get behind that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I'm also I'm once I start thinking like when I look at the schedule like I have a hard time seeing losses outside of like Texas and OU. But I was like, Iowa if, State. If if I stop there, but even then I'm like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we can do it. But like, okay, Iowa State. Well, that's nine and three.
1: Well, I'm, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, but, but
0: like, it's, it's hard for me to talk myself into like, no, you're probably going to lose to Arizona. You're probably going to lose to Baylor. It's Like, I don't, I don't think it's out of the question you could go nine and three. Now is it like super unlikely? Yeah, but I can't. I'm having a hard time talking myself out of nine and three. It was difficult for me to put down seven and five. Yeah, I'm I'm on the like more optimistic side than even oh, seven no. and five. Oh no,
1: man, you're you're <laughs> which is bad. I'm <laughs> setting,
0: <it> my, <laughs> setting myself up for for um, reel it in, my man. Disappointment. Which game will have the most surprising results?
1: I like that question because
0: I- he doesn't say po- positive or negative. <clears throat>
1: Hmm. the bowl game. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) You don't have us going to a bowl game, Michael. (laughs) No, I don't. For me right now, I think, gosh, I don't know. what would be the most surprising to me. Let me, let me go back to my, let me go back to my list and just kind of most surprising
0: results.
1: That is a good one. I would be, okay, here's a couple of, doomsday scenarios i would be very surprised if we lost to kansas and if if we're going to go extreme i would be very surprised if we beat oklahoma okay no duh everyone would be surprised about that but um i guess semi-realistic is kind of what you were just talking about if we beat iowa state at home that would be probably... I don't,
0: I don't know if it would be like a surprise unless it was like a big win, too. Like, I, I, I think it's not out of the question that you could beat Iowa State. I just think if you beat them by like 10, 14 points or more, that would be a, a surprise.
1: Well, okay, real quick. I know, I know we're, we're going... We're already over. We're yeah. already over time, but I wanted to see... Okay, so they're, they're coming in after playing... Northern Iowa, Iowa, Louisiana Monroe, Baylor, TCU, West Virginia, then us. They could be undefeated Mm -hmm. coming to coming to Lubbock uh, with a possible loss against one of those teams. I I don't know if they. I mean, they almost beat Iowa last year. They probably should beat them this year. So they could be undefeated coming into Lubbock, and and that would definitely look like a big win because Tech won't be undefeated. Most likely. Most likely.
0: If we go undefeated at home and have the block party, is there a path to dot, 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 10 wins? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Cooper is even further on the optimistic side than I am. I I mean, if, if you win all your games at home, Montana State, UTEP, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, TCU, Kansas State, so that's six wins. The problem with getting to 10 is you then have to win four out of Arizona, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, and Texas. I you, think you probably have you probably have a good shot at two Kansas or West Virginia. Next, most likely would be either Arizona or Baylor, but you would have to probably get both of those.
1: I think your only shot at ten is if you include a bowl game. But even, even in that perfect, even great if you got scenario, to ten wins
0: with the bowl game, like that's that's five more games than you won last season. In a year, you probably should have won more than five games. Last that sounds year. really hard to do. It does. Um, Big 12 championship game prediction. I have Oklahoma over Iowa State. I'm feeling, to shake it up a little bit, give me Texas over Iowa State. Oh, wow. You're not even going to have OU make it? I think they'll be like 10 and 2, but they'll like have a, the tiebreaker. Like Iowa State will own the tiebreaker or something.
1: I think I'm going to put OU over Texas, and I already hate myself for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um that may have been our last question. Yes, it was. Okay. Thanks,
1: guys. Thanks for the questions, guys. Oh, well, I
0: always appreciate you guys weighing in, giving us stuff to talk about. Uh, really quickly, we'll, go, we'll talk about Going Yard. Um, so, I, I've got, got some spots. Sorry, I, I, I failed to the, the pimp this right way. Everybody's favorite segment, Going
1: Yard. <laughs> Which I am going to. Okay. I've got some free time this week. I'm going to make a promo for Going Yard oh, good. for next week. And you will listen to it maybe before, I guess, get, anyway. I'm going to make one. All right. I'm excited to hear it. Um,
0: I have some ideas. I, I, I had some some spots struggling in my yard, and I think I finally figured out what they were. Like, it was strange. I've got spots that are almost completely dead, which is unusual for me. I was like, maybe it was had something to do with like the sprinklers not having very good covering, they just dried out for long enough. They just died. But then I started seeing a very specific weed in that section that's coming up called nutsedge, which is also called watergrass. It's called what now? Nut sedge, nut sedge, nut sedge, because here's the thing, nut sedge, nuts sedge, okay. nut sedge. The the seeds for this actually grow under the ground at the base of the of the plant. So, like, if you were to pull this weed, it actually breaks it off from the seed and just basically replants itself. You have to chemically kill it to control it. Oh gosh. Anyway, so it's, so it's also called water grass it grows in places that are extra damp. So it's like, it doesn't make sense to have grass dying because it's not covered by sprinklers, but also have edge in it. So I walked over, there's one test. I was thinking I could test, I could try out to see if it was something else. I pulled up on the grass and it pulled up like a carpet, uh, I, I, like a bad piece of sod that hadn't taken root. I was like, you know what happened? I believe there are grubs that ate the roots off of this grass that killed it. And now it just, the, The carpet on, not the carpet, the grass, the blades on top Mm -hmm. are disconnected from anything underneath the ground, so it's all it's one big mat, and it pulls up. So, grubs eat roots. Beware of that. If you have a lot of moths around your house, moths are what are coming up out of the ground from these grubs. The grubs will eat all your roots, kill big sections of your grass, and then you'll have a bunch of moths around your house, and you're like, "Oh, that's why my all my grass is dead." (laughs) Um, The problem is is once you start seeing the effects of grubs, the damage is done, right? There's no like bringing that grass back because it's now disconnected from any root system because the grubs ate it all. So that grass is dead. It'll get ripped up when I do my overseeding on the bye week the 21st. Oh man, you got your um, bye week planned already. I got my whole day worked out. Oh, that's so um, great. So you got to stay proactive on the grub treatment. <laughs> you got to do preventative maintenance on that one. Okay, okay. All right. Let's get to what we learned. What did we
1: learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. So, Michael, what did we learn this week? What did we learn this week? It's something that I probably saw and may have even mentioned on this very podcast a few months ago, but I finally got it through my thick skull that you will not be able to re-enter the Jones unless you purchase another ticket starting this season. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know... I saw Pete Christie post about it to on Facebook and I screenshotted it and shot it out to Twitter and gotten quite a few people responding to it and they're all kind of saying the same thing that we think, um, you know, it, it has a lot to do with alcohol sales is probably is the theory behind it along with the fact that the dwindling attendance and people leaving in mass droves and then just never coming back probably has a lot to do with it. Uh, I know I was. I've been guilty of that sometimes to go grab a beer in the Fraser, and then you're down by 28, and you think, okay, what's well, the point of going back? <laughs> maybe I'll just grab another beer and stay here. So I, I can see that, uh, and it's just it's just going to affect things. I, I had a guy that tweeted to me today, and he came with a, he came with a, uh, a loophole, and said, so students will arrive after halftime if the game is good. And I thought, oh, man, I didn't think of that. But hopefully that won't be the the case. Hopefully people will come. They'll stay because uh, if you leave, you're not coming back in. And that's just a, a, something that I don't think has ever been effect since I've been a tech student. Mm-mm. And I,
0: I don't think it's a way for them to sell more tickets, Well, I, although the sign says like to re-enter, you'll need another
1: ticket. Yeah, because someone did say, well, just buy another $5 ticket and come back in. And I thought, well, well sure, this game,
0: yeah. That might work for this week and next week it's going to be $10, but... I think it's more to keep people from leaving the stadium.
1: That's it. I, yeah. I really think that's it. And it's kind of under the guise of, well, we sell alcohol now and we, we think that people it, will stay. It may have to do with like a liability
0: thing, but that like, as well, because previous years, like if somebody had some kind of public intoxication incident, Texas tech had no liability because they didn't serve alcohol. But now that they sure. do, um, there may be some kind of responsibility on their end. If somebody were to leave a game, and have some kind of incident happen because of intoxication.
1: I just think what this translates to is that season tickets are way down. Uh, they were, yeah, I think it's like 15,000
0: under last season.
1: No, I don't think it was that bad. It was still, it was in the twenties. But for, I mean, for Kingsbury's first year, it was in the forties. For Tuberville's first year, I think it was forty three thousand, mm-hmm. which was is the highest it's been. I, I think ever ever yeah, I'm pretty sure Leach got in the 40s, but and I don't, it was a
0: smaller stadium back then.
1: Sure, and I don't think he got it as high as Tuberville. Uh, I think I forgot. I think Seth posted this, but I think last year it was 28,000. This year it's 21, 22. Oof. Um, so I think they're really scratching their heads. And of course, the easy solution—I say easy in quotes—is to lock them in the stadium. Well, no, just start winning <laughs> games. Well, sure. That's everyone's point, and they're right, but it's also okay, (laughs) that doesn't help. (laughs) That doesn't Mm, help the current situation. If you're putting out a you know, a four or five win team, you win three games at home a year. What do you do? What do you do until you start winning? You've got to try other things and do other things. And I think this is just showing that they're, they're really scratching their heads. I think they're not panicking, but they're getting close.
0: Yeah. All right, buddy. We appreciate you hanging with us for another week of the 23 personnel podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael Catch us on Talk 1340. The Fan, Saturday starting at noon, heading up until 2 o'clock. A two-hour show starting three hours before kickoff. Don't forget those numbers. Super confusing at times. 1340 a.m. And then we will have a post-game instant reaction podcast shortly following the game. I know we said we'd be under an hour. We are 12 minutes over. We will be better. Michael, you have anything else?
1: Nope, nothing else. Uh, Just follow us on the Twitters if you haven't already, at 23personnel, at Michael underscore LBK, and at PuntSuck. And we will see you guys on Saturday. Peace.